Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It has been a heck of a start to football season. If you want to bet money lines, overs, unders, parlays, props, and more, then you should head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Cool, cool, crisp winter coming to an end down on your side of the world. Um, it was yucky today here, but the last few days have been quite nice. Starting to, you know, spring is has sprung. So they say. Um, our, our beloved Collingwood season is over. That is correct. That is correct. So I uh, update on that. Drove to Sydney on my birthday. Uh, we lost by one point. In heartbreaking fashion, <laughs> as we do, 95 to 94 or something ridiculous like that. And we were down by like 30 points and came back just to lose by one point because that's what we do. And then the grand final was this weekend and I didn't bother to watch because I was bitter. That's a good way to go. What I mean, yeah. bitter, sure. Healthy relationship with sports. That's what I'm attempting this year. Henceforth, I still don't know what happened in the Broncos and 49ers game. I saw on Twitter nothing, Jimmy no, Garoppolo. There's nothing healthy about what I did. It yeah. was just pure spiteful bitterness. Oh. But I, sat, at least in, I sat in my bed and just behaved like a child and didn't watch it at all. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. Very. That's it's not unhealthy. But no, it, it's it's bitter. But it's good to have feelings. I've got plenty of those. I think we've established that. Yeah, we know. It's but still it healthy to express them. Yeah. Even if but even like if it's throwing after, a tantrum in your room. After the game, like I wasn't I didn't cry, which is good. But which is good for me. Yeah. But like I was really proud because they came back and they were very good and it had been a great season, blah, 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 unexpected. Raw, raw sports, shit. yeah. Yeah. But then I like the more time that passed, I was like, that should have been us. That should have been us. And then the team that beat us like played like absolute dog shit and ruined the whole grand final anyway. The and one we that would, you didn't watch. Yeah, the one that I didn't watch. And we would never have been that bad. See, what you're experiencing, I think, is the best part of being... I mean, obviously, I'm not a fan of any team, like, actually, where I bleed blood, sweat, and tears for the team. The Padres are going to make the playoffs this year. I'm like, yeah, finger gun our way to losing. Yeah. But I, I developed a relationship where I like being a loser. You you just experienced the favorite part, which is basically no expectations for the season and having a miracle run where the expectations were so low and the success was so high that you just walk out feeling really proud of making it to the final four. Yeah, I was, I was proud, but I was hurt because they, they did remarkably well to come back and remarkably well to be there to begin with. And that was so close. But That's like it's nice. it, it's just like putting off the inevitable. The team that won the grand final were the best team all year. They'd beaten us each time we'd played them, not by a lot, but each time we'd played them, they'd beaten us. Um, so I I wasn't at all confident we could beat them. No. Yeah, at least our Collingwood team had a good year. Our our national our national Australian rules football team of this Rinky Dink podcast. It was a good season. Yeah, it was a good season. And things are looking good for next year. Good. Now let's talk about the other football. Oh, yuck. Yuck. We don't have to talk about the Saints. We could good. just breeze right past that. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know I wouldn't know that they played because I watched Red Zone. And they weren't on there. That was a good choice. My goal for the season, I've, I've said from the beginning, I want to be a healthy football fan this year. And and part of that is I have not watched any of the Sunday night football games yet this year. And I am glad that I have made that decision, given how bad the first three Sunday night football games have been. 
Um, I'm in that same camp where no Panthers for me, no more Panthers. That will be at the red zone. You can just cut their games out, whoever they're playing. Don't need to watch them the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that Panthers Saints was not on the red zone. Yeah, um, it was. I I thought the game mustn't have been on because (laughs) I never saw a second of it. Basically wasn't. Basically wasn't on. I saw they missed a couple field goals. There was one. Even even the one Panthers touchdown was just like, ah, he's going to run 60 yards on a screen pass. And uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield played shit and won. Jameis Winston played hurt and lost. And we should not focus on either of those teams the rest of the season because Drew Brees and Sean Payton probably left for a reason. And that reason is that the team is not actually that good. But also could have done what the 49ers did last year. At least we didn't do what the 49ers did last night. Still don't know what happened in that game. Basically, my experience, I figured out now because I've listened to the the post-game show with Mike Schur of Levitard show. Mm-hmm. But basically, I turned the game off after the red zone ended, I recorded my podcast and I didn't watch, I didn't touch the phone. I didn't watch football for a few hours. And the one time I opened Twitter, I saw three minutes ago that Jimmy Garoppolo had pulled a Dan Orlovsky. Mm-hmm. And my hope was that that was the only thing I knew about the game until Wednesday. I was hoping that I would just know nothing else about what happened in the game, not check the score, not see any other plays. And then I found out it was a scoregami and like whatever. Yeah, the Broncos it won. Wasn't, but it wasn't a scoregami. I know it happened time. one other time before, but like whatever. Yeah. It's the closest thing you're gonna get to a scoregami because scoregamis are so impossible to hit anymore. Mm. Yeah. So there's a butt punt in <laughs> and, and a, <laughs> Yeah. And an Orlovsky. <laughs> there's a butt punt, an Orlovsky. Uh, what else happened? Uh, I love that the Lions are committed to just being absolutely dumb fucking stupid this year. They're gonna go seven and ten, but at least it's gonna be more fun than like the Patriots seven and ten. Uh, I like the Lions win or lose. We're gonna do dumb shit. I like that model. They just fly by the seat of their pants, the Lions. Like, they're just... They're all grit. No IQ. They're just... <laughs> okay, that, so basically, that is my analysis of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> what you're saying is the Lions are like the ketamine of drugs. <laughs> um, I guess so. I'm an old person. I don't know what that does. It just makes you kind of go insane. But now it's being used clinically to like help treat people uh, under used like clinically before it was used illegally. But anyway, yeah, yeah, in know. animals. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. The the lions are just the raw type of drug where you just go insane cuz it's a narcotic. The lions are a narcotic. And you well, should never narcotic. should never gamble on the lions. You should never root for the lions with any serious interest. Should you should not draft lions on your fantasy team. I made that mistake this year. I took TJ Hawkinson. Just don't just stay away. Stay away from the Lions so that you can only enjoy them through the prism of they're going to do dumb shit in the first 12 o'clock hour of the witching hour. They're just going to do dumb shit. That's going to force us to watch because it's the Red Zone channel. Yeah. Um, What else interesting happened? Uh, Uh, The Bills failed to clock it in time. Twice. Both halves. They still should have won by nine points. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, apparently it was hot in Miami, so the bills all oh, yeah. or something, according to Swamp ass, 90 oh. degrees, raining. Like I, it's one of my least favorite sayings ever, like swamp, swamp ass. ass. And having to listen to people talk about the sweaty swampy underwear regions makes me feel quite ill and yes. I'd like to never have to hear that ever again it's gross anyway, um, yeah, so apparently one, one team didn't know how to play in the heat and 
I guess we'll find out if one team can play in the cold later on. Yeah, December 18th, Dolphins-Bills. The Dolphins will somehow be fighting for a wild card spot. Merry Christmas to a you. Tua plays on Christmas this year. Wow, that's cute. Against Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Wow. Wow, speaking of drugs. Speaking of drugs. Oh, good segue. I didn't even realize that. Good job. You you caught the segue before I did. Mm. Speaking of drugs, Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Did you listen to him on Stupid or whatever? God bless football last week. I just call it all the Levitard show, but yes, I did actually. I listened to the full interview, which I usually don't listen to. God bless football, just because I don't, I don't particularly find famous people saying nothing like cultivating media. But some people do. It's actually like the second most popular form of like guests on the show. It's either people with great chemistry or just famous people saying nothing. But I did actually listen to the Aaron Rodgers interview. What did you think? Um, I thought Dan played it a little easy on him when it came mm, to yeah. like asking the hard hitting questions. But I also understand that's how you protect relationships when you're not like this with someone and i know they're not this with aaron Rodgers. they don't necessarily have the love and trust of of aaron well, they lost, so like, they lost that when they didn't support him yeah but they it's not like they were like tight before like dan said he's only met aaron through interviews like he doesn't go hang out with him outside of doing the job so like the relationship isn't quite there with aaron that it is with like say ricky williams so, like, I understand you, you can only thread the line so much when you're trying to protect a relationship. Um, I mean, I, I always find Aaron Rodgers interesting. I'm not going to say, like, he's a great guy or whatever, but I do find him interesting. I didn't think that interview was interesting. I thought him talking about, like experiences with therapy and I guess kind of the ayahuasca stuff when he started going into just when they finally asked him about the vaccine he kind of just hit the right wing um like punch card lines of like everyone needs to come basically that was when I was like oh that's why I uh that's why I'm skeptical of you is because he just hit all of the right wing punchline cards when it came to vaccines and right wing politics and that's one where I was like, ah, okay, that's not even libertarian. That's just straight right wing, which Aaron Rodgers has said in the past, he's libertarian. But um, but he lost me there. But before that, it was kind of interesting. And then Dan kind of moved away from that stuff at the end. Yeah, I thought that it was weird that Dan was there, but Dan was also obviously there to allow Aaron to talk about finding whatever he fucking found in, with ayahuasca or whatever it's called. Anyway, so I just, it was an odd place to have the interview. Like, it, it, it still was, bleh, bleh. I don't really, he hasn't got anything interesting for me to hear, I don't think, at this stage. Aaron. I just think it's interesting because he talks differently than other people, but that's not something where I'm like, therefore, I'm now going to follow what he's saying. I just find it interesting. And also just I'm a Levitard show I guy. I just find it also very performative. Like, I don't think there's anything very genuine about him at all. I think it's all very intentional, all very performative. I think he wants to seem a lot smarter than he is and seem a lot more in tune with nature. Like, shut the fuck up, honestly. Well, I, the thing that I've always thought about with Aaron like, Rodgers is he talks about his like, relationships and how he, how people come into his life and they they whatever like he hinted at I don't know if it was about Shailene or whatever and what she brought to his life and all this thing did the same with Danica, um, mm-hmm. but he does seem to not be able to maintain a relationship with anybody he cares for in his life, not even his family, mm-hmm. because. So the- what the thing i've taken away from aaron Rodgers is that he feels like he has information to share and like he has knowledge that would be helpful to people while he's also like a multi multi hundred millionaire and that's real it's hard to be in tune and like provide knowledge in that way when your life is so unrelatable yeah. to people that you're talking to like 
Aaron Rodgers is the greatest person to ever pick up this football has made hundreds of millions and is worth hundreds of millions of dollars is the face of Adidas's football line and all this stuff. And it's like, yes, I get that you want to have, that you have information and experiences that you feel like would be valuable to people, but your life isn't relatable to other people. And also you just are ignorant in some places and don't acknowledge the ignorance. And so I'm interested in him. He's a fascinating character, but I just have no way of relating to the life that Aaron Rodgers has. So, yeah, I mean, like, again, part of it is like, I'm not seeking him out on Pat McAfee. I'm not seeking him out on Barstool. Like, it's only when it's brought to Levitard that I'm really like seeking out his information. So it's not like I'm so infatuated with Aaron Rodgers in that way. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was interesting that he made the appearance not sure why he did, but um, yeah. Wonder if that'll be the last time. Stu Gotts requested it, but it was. <laughs> he's like, trust me, trust me, buddy. It's gonna be on God bless football. Trust me. Okay, moving on yeah. from him. Oh, him and um, him and Tom had quite the uh, um encounter last night after the match after the game. I I didn't see this. What cold as ice. Ooh, um, that's funny. And yeah, because Tom and Morgan are both bitter losers. <laughs> and so Tom was like noticeably cold to Aaron. And I think he said to him, keep in touch. <laughs> but this is potentially the last time these two people play each other and all he said was oh yeah no touch. for sure and for it was sure. funny like the juxtaposition between that and like the, the, the nadal federer like end of an era for those two people who have been like so intrinsically linked throughout their careers and mm-hmm. brady and rogers not so closely linked but at the same time two of the best quarterbacks of all time compared often because even though one has all of the rings and one has one, um, people still feel like Aaron belongs in that conversation as being better than Tom. Um, and there wasn't that same kind of um, warmth, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I I thought the Nadal Federer thing was interesting just because everyone rallied around the moment where they play together and cry together. And uh, they showed that Djokovic and Nadal and Federer um, were all, uh, and Andy Murray were all together at the mm-hmm. gala to honor Federer. And I thought that was interesting the way that they played it out as someone who, again, doesn't watch tennis, but knows like a base level knowledge of tennis. I thought that was interesting compared to like the competitive, like people don't like each other. Like the idea that all these people are friendly with each other and have that love for each other. I think time also helps with that too. Like they've been doing this for so long and seeing the end coming. I mean, for obviously for Andy Murray has been over. Yeah. I don't at all think that they have the closest of relationships, like all four of them. But um, I think Nadal and Federer, um, are close and like you can see that when Federer retired Rafa posted a beautiful um I don't know if it was on Twitter or Instagram or whatever but what he posted was beautiful and I think that it's a little bit of realizing it his mortality as well and that mm-hmm. like his journey's coming to an end and like I'm not sure if like if if he was only crying for Rafa or he was crying for himself but like it, it it's not just the end of Rafa's era um and like Rafa and Roger, they will go down in history as two of the greatest who have ever played the sport. And they really did like battle it out against each other. Like it started with those two. And then Djokovic came in and Andy was just the bridesmaid. But um so so what I'm hearing is they kind of just shoehorn Djokovic in there for a photo. They're just like, hey, Novak, get over here. Come on, just let's well, take a well, photo. Well, no, Novak belong, belongs in the goat conversation with them. Yeah. But, but Andy, but they, Andy like, doesn't. They let him just tag along because you need a fourth. Yeah, but I'm saying and like he was a clear fourth. Yeah, they like took a photo with Novak and then they were like, All right, see you later. Like if they see him at the restaurant afterwards, they're like waving to him somebody check that guy's vaccination status that's what they're like 
<laughs> they're just like they're they're in a situation where they'll wave to him, but they're not gonna go over and like have a meal with him or something. I don't know. They're like, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> I, and yeah. I, and I think I'm like I don't know. Yeah, I I used to really like Novak, but I obviously don't anymore. Because yeah, um, we we've talked about that because uh, Australia went to war with Novak. Yeah, that was fun. We we've talked about Novak before, and I'm kind of. I mean, again, he wins a lot, so he'll be in the tennis conversation. But it's the same thing as Aaron Rodgers, right? It's like the reason that we keep talking about him is because he he talks a lot and generates conversation because I just realized something. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a broadcaster when he retires? Because like all of the best quarterbacks end up being broadcasters. Are we are we going to let Aaron be a broadcaster? No. No? I don't, I don't think people like him enough or want to hear from him enough. But they do want to hear from Peyton Manning. Peyton's inoffensive. Yeah. Well, Peyton Manning did assault a woman and it kind of just went away. But funny, other than that part. People don't care about women. Don't be stupid, Kyle. <laughs> Speaking of not caring about women, Ime Udoka. That was a sad story last week. I, I was I was made very upset about how people reacted to that. And I was made very upset by it was clear to me that there was something bigger at play mm-hmm. because why would a team suspend their coach for a season? Not the league. The league didn't do it. The Celtics did it. There was obviously something bigger at play. And in their pissing contest that Shams and that idiot have with each other, they – rush to push this story out when they don't have all the information and it's all just smoke and mirrors. They don't know what's going on or they're not prepared to share the information. So they're just like that was the vaguest statement I've ever heard mm-hmm. or, or read from from the moment it was posted. It was just like, what does this even mean? Like as as a like a sport watching like what are we supposed to think from that? Like it, it seems ridiculous. And then oh, I saw what the internet they, said. They, they were talking they, about email. telling Udoka. us this is a con- consensual relationship. So we're like, what What do you mean? But he's getting a year and Deshaun gets whatever for 25 women compared to one consensual relationship, which clearly was not a consensual relationship. That's obviously mm-hmm. not why. But in in a rush to be first, I think that they have not covered themselves in glory at all those two dickheads and this is the first time i we've brought this up on this platform i had to record a reaction video for youtube but like this is the first time i brought it up here where i don't want to talk about this because it's a story but it's a story that is going to get saturated in the like slut shaming of women and not reporting the correct stats in and not reporting the correct information instead of a person in a position of power abusing that power, regardless of whether the relationship is consensual or not. And, and I will say like the, the whole comparison of punishments thing is messed up because we all know that Ime Udoka, I mean, he might end up resigning as a result of this. And because he's in a position of power, he's at least supposed to be held to a higher standard. But at the same time, I just, felt like everything around it was muddied so quickly that the whole conversation moved away from Udoka and the suspension and just moved into all of the details that, you know, the same reason people love stories of Zach Wilson or people love stories involving people they know having sex, which is like, ooh, let's hear the stories about them having sex. And it's just just skipped right to that just skipped right to let's hear all the salacious stories because that's the thing that we just want to talk about because we're stupid men. Correct. But like at the same time, I, I, I was on Reddit. I was on Twitter trying to find out what the situation was, partly because this is the coach of my team. I want to know mm-hmm. why, why this is happening. And because I'm a gossip and, and we live for this shit. Yeah, we like live, there's no precedent for, for a situation like this as a coach. No, and it was just oh. the the word consensual being 
put in every statement was something that was a mistake. The fact that they were so emphatic about focusing on the word consensual to, I, I think in the very beginning, it was like, Ime hasn't committed a crime. He hasn't committed a crime. Like we want to get out in front of that. I think rolling out consensual the way that they did was a mistake because that was the only thing that was being taken away because it was in every statement, every press release, every tweet. And that ended up affecting the way that people perceived the situation. Mm -hmm. And like even people like Matt Barnes, who went on to defend him and and, Mm -hmm. and, but in credit to Matt Barnes, who then retracted his support of Imei Udoka once he had more information. Not many people have gone the record as, as to have done that. Came out and said that, oh, now that he knows all the information, which he's not telling, um, he doesn't support that and he shouldn't have said that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's the thing that I was saying from the very beginning. Don't have all the information. We don't have all the information. Did you see Mina Kimes talk about this? I can't remember what program it was on, but she said... Um, news retention was a problem there, not just from like the people who are watching it, but also people in the media, because of course the things that are being reported don't match the punishment and the punishment was done to get out ahead of the situation. Like Ime Udoka still might never coach a game again for the Celtics. And because we don't have all the information, clearly there's something we don't know. If the punishment doesn't match the information available, Clearly, there's something we don't know. Mm-hmm. And not just like people following the news, but also people reporting the news were off on focusing on that point because everyone came in Monday and was like, how could you suspend someone for a consensual relationship? What are the blurred lines between someone in power and a subordinate? Like they just went right to that instead of taking the nuanced opinion of we don't have all the information, which Matt Barnes was just the person who got stuck in it where he's like, I did the Monday morning quarterback but reaction and then he got, got the himself info. stuck in it because he backtracked. He could have been yeah. like everybody, everybody else and just shut up and just and and acted like, well, that's their fault. They reported it. I just commented on it. At least he had the balls to come out and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. But like I, I listened to um, Grojo's podcast and um, Mike Golick Senior was on there talking about it and to, to hear, like, grown men in media, in sports, have a conversation where they genuinely thought or well, they were genuinely trying to tell their listeners that this was over a consensual relationship. I was like, did we come down in the last shower? Clearly this is not a consensual relationship. Something has gone on here. No one's being suspended for a year for a consensual relationship. Stupid. Yeah. And Boston did the I mean, I, to us, to the extent a corporation can do it, Boston said the right things. And like Brad Stevens backed up the people within the organization and was like, look, you're putting people's names out here that you shouldn't. You want the go- you want the details that will embarrass people because you think that that's funny and it's not cool. And that's, I mean, again, it's Brad Stevens. So like, take it with a grain of salt. Like he's a byproduct of management and he's doing damage control, but at least it was saying the right things that weren't in a like release, a a publicly released press statement. Like it was saying the right things in front of the camera when they were doing the press conference. And I just felt like that was the, that was the story. Now the story is the mistakes that you're making because the, the original story is something that's important to talk about. We just don't have the information to do it. Therefore, I made the decision to stay away from it. We don't have the information. We can't talk about this. So why are we trying to speculate on this situation? When I when I first learned about it, it was when Woj put out the first it was between when Woj put out the first tweet and Shams put out the consensual relationship tweet. And the internet was like, yo, was Ime Udoka putting together them 24 leg parlays during the finals? Like nobody that, knew. Um, Woj putting out a tweet with his face in it. Yeah, that too. But we're we've talked a lot about Woj and Schefter. Like what we just dick. they're essential because they tell us who's active and inactive. But when it comes to doing the journalism, they're so compromised that they can't be considered journalists. Mm-mm. They're not journalists. No, no. They they're are newsbreakers. Yeah. But they're not. Is... They're, just, they're just puppets. 
yeah, they, they are compromised everywhere. And if you understand the compromises, it makes it easier to understand. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's impossible because you don't know exactly, like I myself don't know. I listen to Zach Harper talk about it or Amin El Hassan, or I listen to, um, what's his name? Ethan Strauss talk about Woj's conflicts of interest. And like, I know, okay, his sources lean pro management. He has some people who he's good friends with, like the Nets general manager. And so you understand that a little better, but like, I can't track all the conflicts of interest with information. And yeah, you don't, you don't know who's close with who and who's, who's keeping a secret for who, because somebody's given them this and they'll put this out for them. And like these, these people, they do operate as puppets. But, but have we given them that power? Of course like, we have. Yeah. We've enabled them. We've created these monsters. We've made them yeah. a part of the a, a part of the story when they shouldn't be. We shouldn't know their names. Fuck them. Who are they? Nobodies. Well, it's okay to know their names as long as they're putting the journalistic credibility behind they, it. Like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be one word people. They're not Madonna or Beyonce, Woj and Schefter. Fuck off. Yeah, making more than many of the athletes that they're covering. Exactly, that they're covering. That they're covering or covering for. Yeah, which which it happens. Like Stephen A makes more money than like 70% of the athletes They're not he entertaining. Covers, but... they, prov- they don't provide any entertainment. But, provide, but that's just They provide just information. Yeah, that's just a value system. Like some people value entertainment, some people value information, and they decide that, or I guess some things beyond their control. But like people, I mean, now people are a little bit more, but people aren't standing up and saying we would rather have our information two hours later than have our information directly from Shams or Woj because they they have the power and they have the following and they're getting the money to do this job and. Like that's just something that's like, hey, we want it quicker, we want it faster, and I would rather we... have it not come from a robot like Woj or Schefter that lacks the nuance or that lacks the care or the consideration that their news breaking has in the past year. Yeah, because otherwise we have to go through the effort of finding nuance and finding balance, and ultimately that's what like good journalism is good for i mean i hate using good like a simplistic word but like it's helpful when they can discern the news and tell you what's important and it's been vetted by sources like that's why it's super important to have that because otherwise we have to do the job individually or we just won't do it at all and then there's understand that they they hold a place in in the sports realm where they Mm -hmm. have a responsibility because people they they've got a huge audience, a huge both of them, and people believe what they say because a lot of the times they break news that is factual. So yeah, when it's they also report, the news breaking when they report world at on large. Something when they report on something and and make it sound like somebody is not guilty because um, there's not enough evidence to for them to face a grand jury or something like that. That doesn't mean they're not guilty. Doesn't mean they haven't committed the crime. Doesn't mean they're innocent. But when they're painted that way by somebody stupid like Schefter, you do a disservice to your audience. You do a disservice to the victims, and you once again prop up the bad people. And even if it's not criminal, it can be immoral. Like what Ime Udoka did is probably immoral, even if he doesn't commit any crimes doesn't mean he also shouldn't be held accountable because morals and ethics should be a higher standard than the law and that's why Ime Udoka is getting punished for having a relationship within the office and I just I wish we had the information because then we could actually have a nuanced conversation that actually because if we didn't have value without having the information we shouldn't be having these conversations because you actually don't know what you're talking about Exactly. Exactly and it's right. Just a, it's just a dangerous game. Yeah, exactly right. And the Celtics tried to get out ahead of it. And because of Wojin Shams putting that out, they had to immediately come down with the punishment. And there was no quiet way. I mean, there was never going to be a quiet way about it. Because again, like Ime Odoka is the coach of the team that just went to the NBA finals. And everyone knows his name now. Like when it happened to the Timberwolves general manager, nobody knew who the Timberwolves general manager was. 
and they already wanted to fire him in the first place. So mm-hmm. that it wasn't a new most people don't even know the Timberwolves general manager got fired for having a sexual affair within the office and is now like shadow running the New York Knicks. Like most people don't even know who that is. Of and course he's shadow running the Knicks. Shock yeah. yeah. He's like in an assistant position but also negotiated the Donovan Mitchell trade, <laughs> apparently, according to, to Amin Al-Hassan. He was the main negotiator with the Jazz general manager. Story checks out then. Yeah. But like people don't even know that that exists, and that's just because he's a less famous person. So at a, a certain point, it comes back to the same thing we always talk about with sports. Is it the crime or is it the person engaging in the criminal activity? Which, of course, it is going to be the person who is engaging in the activity. It's just it allows us to have a conversation that reaches beyond sports and then can be something that helps improve our own perspective and broader society. That's at least the silver lining that comes from famous people doing newsworthy things. But in this instance, if we never find out what he did, nothing good comes of this As for, for, pu- like for public. Yeah, for public consumption which by the way maybe that is for the better like putting this woman might be for the better for the victim absolutely yeah but i think that not coming out at all would have been more ideal but then again how do you justify the fact that you suspend a coach for a year without any information yeah it's a it's a consequences go far beyond the actions and there are a lot of gross circumstances there but couldn't we couldn't we have that conversation without publicly slut shaming the victim like we could have that conversation about power dynamics if we just understood her position and some details that were reported but protect her identity like we can we can understand that a little we can at least have our that conversation to a certain extent it's just we don't have the information and maybe journalism will come through and report on this story because obviously it's a national news case but like the athletic or the New York times, or, I mean, those are one in the same, but like the athletic or I don't know, sports illustrated, which already has their own problems with credibility, but just a credible news source coming through with the details on this, even like the Boston globe coming through and reporting on this would be super helpful because then you could have information with all the protections and sourcing of journalism. Great. There, there are ways to go about it where we could get more information while also protecting the victim. Yeah, but they don't want to do that. Because, oh, they don't. It, it can't happen in a day. It, it, but, yeah. but then they don't want to put in that effort. They, for them, their their job's done here. They broke the story. That's it. Next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part of the news breaking cycle there. But again, we we as we have decided that they are worthy of that power. I suppose. And we're doing our best to not do that. We're waiting for, I mean, I, I made the editorial decision, but we are waiting for that information to come out with a credibly journalistically reported story that gives us the information that we don't have. So then we could actually learn about it. Or maybe it, maybe it won't come. Maybe it won't come for months on end and we'll only talk about it when Ime Udoka comes back or gets fired or is coaching with another team. Mm. I guess we could just wait and see, which is probably what we should have done before we all speculated as to what was going on. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, I don't know if we were ever going to stop the speculation, but we could have had more healthy dialogue and we could not give a platform to people like Stephen A. Smith who immediately start yelling that... Uh, a sexual relationship is not worthy of a suspension because you just take all the information you have and formulate a conclusion. And then when you get new information, you formulate a new conclusion. But if he doesn't have yelling, what does he have? Exactly. I mean, he's good on some of those topics. It's just pick and choose when he decides to have perspective and nuance. And this was one where he did not. And this is one where a bunch of people did not. But that's going to happen with every news story involving women because like men dominate the sports media spaces and therefore dictate a lot of the culture and the culture has decided that we can look at victims who are women as less human or less worthy of empathy not worthy of empathy yeah at least meaningful empathy (laughs) empathy that actually 
changes behavior instead of like, of course I feel bad, but, and then whatever else you have to say, like that's. <laughs> haven't, they been like, haven't they been like not discussing why Deshaun Watson's not playing recently? Like- oh, that was my favorite. T- I mean, not my favorite, but Mina had a great tweet from Thursday where she's like, let's play the, why won't you say what Deshaun Watson is suspended for game on the Thursday night football broadcast or it's like, yeah, we're just going to say he's suspended, but not say why he's suspended because NFL shield, we're going to protect the, we're going to protect the person who can make us a lot of money. Protect the brand because protect that's all that matters. The brand matters. Mm-hmm. That's why he got the suspension that he did. That's why mm-hmm. we went through the legal process that we did. And that's mm-hmm. why nobody's talking about it anymore because the statute of limitation has passed. At least it passes in March of 2023, and I assume that Deshaun Watson isn't doing stuff after all of this came to light. So the statute of limitation passes, settles all the civil suits, gets a suspension from the NFL, finger gun your way to talking about him as a quarterback, which I've talked about this before. I'm just not talking about the Cleveland Browns this year because I've already done every other accountability measure I can. It just makes me feel better now. They're not worthy of discussion. Yeah, the the whole team itself will not. I get would rather talk the about the Panthers day. and the Saints, and I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, like at least it doesn't make me feel gross and icky trying to sidestep everything there, and like just not even going to talk about. I'm not going to also don't give the platform to people who do gross stuff. Like I know the Browns home opener, everyone was taught seeing the jerseys and the the table outside. Just don't even acknowledge that. Don't even give it the light of day. Don't talk about it. Just don't acknowledge those people. I was told on Twitter, so uh, we've discussed this before about the Collingwood player who um, was accused of sexually assaulting women multiple times who I no longer support, even though he still plays for my team and I don't support him or clap him or whatever. He's their best player. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's currently in the process of negotiating a new contract or leaving the team, either one of those two. We've presented him a contract that has behavioural clauses in it because he misbehaves. Um, he has declined the contract due to what, some, part of, some part of the behavioural clause. And now Collingwood supporters on Twitter yesterday were like, well, these so-called supporters who have turned on him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not a so-called supporter because I turn Like, I support the club. I don't support the actions of a predator which he is because if you participate in these actions multiple times it's predatory behavior and that's what he has done so he's shown a pattern and we've forgiven him forgiven him because he's good at what he does that's what that's what comes along with being good at what you do get away with it um and so like i've decided that i would not support him that i took that moral stand i still support my club and i was hoping that they would not re-sign him, but they're trying to, and now he's declined the offer because of the behavioural clause. Just said, you know what? No, I, I won't I won't be a good person. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to make me be good, I refuse. Like, yep. And our supporters are like, oh, you've got to stand by him. Well, fuck that, idiots. Why do I have to? No, why, exactly right. Why do I have to? This person has done nothing to show remorse or to show that it was what he did was a mistake or it wasn't a mistake because it's multiple times now. Like the guy is a bad person. Mm-hmm. It just so happens to be good at football. But I don't, that doesn't forgive that for me. Even though yeah, I fandom quite- is conditional. Fandom yeah. is conditional. Even even people who say like we will ride or die for the rest of time with this fandom is conditional it, it that this is a fact it is also emotional. And so when things are emotional, sometimes, you know, we're talking left brain, right brain stuff. But like fandom is conditional. This is a fact. You always have the choice to be more supportive or less supportive or not supportive at all. It's always on the table. And that 
it depends how much you want to invest and how much you want to put morals and ethics aside. And everyone sets their moral and ethical bar in different places. And I get that. It's just these are all facts and these are facts of sports fandom. This is all conditional. And like every time I yell something out or I say something, my mom tells me off. She's like, stop it. I just want to watch the football. And I was like, but you can do that and still have a moral conversation about how it's wrong, mom. I'm like, what if that was your daughter? She's like, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm watching the football. I was like, no, like, he, like that's not, it's not an excuse. Like you can't just shy away from it and turn away and go, I don't want to hear it because that's fucking pathetic. Privilege enables you to be able to do that. And if you are privileged, you have to acknowledge that in those situations. Otherwise, then you're the person who's being immoral, which, again, immoral people get away with stuff all the time, especially in sports. She, she, and, didn't, want mor- she didn't want morality with her football. She's yeah, an exactly. ESPN viewer. <laughs> and that that in and of itself is immoral. <laughs> like, that's that's the whole conflict of that situation, which, again, like immorality is something that exists all over the place. People set their morals in different places, sometimes over trivial stuff, sometimes over serious stuff. People set their moralities in all sorts of different places. It's just gross when it comes to things that actually matter in the grand scheme of things, like the safety and well-being of employees and inclusion of people who look, act, and think differently than the majority, like things that actually matter. Morals are more important to stand for. Yeah, well, I can. I think we've seen from yesterday that that, and in an, in the NFL, they don't care about the health and well-being of their their players, which we knew that already. But yeah, I wonder how Tua's back is feeling today. I did a whole segment on the NFL Monday show about this. Like, what the fuck, Justin Herbert? Seriously, what what the fuck, man? It, it's week three. You have torn rib cartilage. I don't even know if that's a thing. Just come on, dude. Dude. Jameis Winston has a broken back. Yeah. I I said coming into the season, I have no idea how to evaluate the New Orleans Saints offense this year. How am I supposed to evaluate it now that Jameis has four fractures in his back and Alvin Kamara is like week to week with injury? Like, how am I supposed to evaluate the Saints offense at all? I have no idea what to do with the receivers. Michael Thomas has spent two years either out or playing with a broken leg. Like, how am I supposed to evaluate what the Saints offense is? Why are we doing this? Why are we wheeling these bodies in and wheeling them out? <laughs> yes. Rashawn Slater out for season. Like, I mean, it's, just... It's, just, it's crazy to me. Like, I... Just get the red rifle in for fuck's sake. I mean, I just I'm looking at it. and I'm like, at a certain level, it's football culture. And I know it's football coach culture because I've heard stories about this from like former players and people on podcasts. And yesterday I talked about that Andrew Luck documentary that was done by The Athletic, where they talked about like Andrew Luck just kept playing through pain, playing through pain. He embraced pain, loved it. And it made him absolutely miss two full seasons and go to the darkest place in his life where like when he came back from that dark place, he had like a basic calf injury and was like, nope, not doing this shit anymore. Like this is Andrew Luck, the lovable Andrew Luck. And he seems like the only sane one who breaks the the habit of football culture because once you lose your football virginity, which is their words, not mine in the podcast, once you get injured like that and have to go through the grueling torment of rehabbing your body, like it's just it's so brutal. And it it sapped the love of the game for Andrew Luck, who is like the most pure, like kind looking, like kind dude ever. And at a certain point, I know it's football culture and like the, these people are like putting everything on the line for the team, but football culture can also like change and adapt over time. Like doctors can protect these players and that in turn will go a long way to change, or at least it will go a good way to change the culture around football. But like when the players association have to now question whether Tua was concussed or not, (laughs) Tua has no, no interest in like support, supporting himself in this argument because he's going to cover for them and pretend that he's back was so like don't don't be ridiculous that's football culture like you 
you meant very little to that organization last year. Like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> you were their plan C. They exactly wanted Joe right. Burrow. They wanted Tom Brady. They got you. Exactly right. So t- don't risk your career health, your lifetime health for an organization who, like, is literally like, oh, you'll do for now. Jesus Christ. What it's football cult- it's football culture. It's it's I mean that this is the example I always bring up and this is going to be like my Zach Taylor thing because I say it all the time. Like during World War II, American soldiers who couldn't enlist in the war were experiencing higher rates of depression, suicidal attempts, alcoholism because this greater cause was the only thing that mattered and people who for whatever the reasons couldn't fight in war and put their life on the line were in turns depressed and emotionally devastated and that feels like what football culture is is that if i can't be the person who breaks his back and goes out and plays then i am a failure i'm letting people down and like you can change the culture you could have doctors that are more strict about putting people back into games but that's also not good for product and team doctors have conflicts of interest because they are paid by the team they are paid Mm -hmm. by the employers they are not independent doctors. And so, again, that's just a step you can take to help change the culture. But we're not doing that. No. Because everyone's looking out for themselves. And in a way that the culture dictates that this is what players either choose and want or are expected to do. Mm-hmm. It's what the game dictates they do. Mm-hmm. It dictates it- that Justin Herbert do this bullshit where he tries to play with a torn with a rib cartilage injury that's they said is like an eight to twelve week injury and he's gonna not miss any time. Like it's week three, bud. Just mm. no, it's okay. But even if it's not week three, like in one of the finals, a guy played with a broken a, a broken leg. So he had a broken leg. It wasn't gonna get any more broken. They figured he could play with it. As the game, he'd broken it the week before. As the game progressed, you watched the bruising on his leg get worse and worse and worse till there was a a huge black bruise on on his leg. I just thought, it's not worth this, mate. Like, it's really not. And why are we glorifying this? That's the other part. And and I did. You know what? And he, I respect him more because of it. And I should not do that. That's mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Yeah, I know. But we both have that conditioning from from sports culture. I mean, I say football culture, but it's sports culture. It's, like, yeah, because you, yeah. you're taught get up, yeah. go again. You keep yeah. going. You 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 don't give up on your team. Blah, blah, the blah. dumbest one I've ever seen was 2019. And like, this is football, football, stupid. The dumbest one I've ever seen was 2019 when Kevon Looney broke his collarbone and the Warriors doctors were like, well, he can't hurt it any worse than he already has. So we're just going to play him. I'm like, that's the dumbest doc. That's the dumbest medical explanation I have ever heard. He can't break his collarbone anymore. Therefore he's allowed to play in the finals. Like it's just, and Kevin Durant tore his Achilles because of that same explanation. Like that's where you can change the culture a little bit. Yeah, it's an easy fix. Broken leg, but don't worry yeah. about the fact that your knees attached to it, your Achilles, your ankles, everything is attached to that. He ran out there. He gave everything he had. They fucking lost. It was all for nothing. And um, what about what if there was fucking something did come out of it, and because. Yeah. Because of him playing a game that meant nothing now because they lost. Given he, that this is the, I mean, his career is shortened or his, his life is diminished. Life, like, yeah, his life is diminished. Yeah, life expectancy diminished, quality of life diminished. Yeah, no question. All for one. Fucking stupid. These people are I mean, like, this is the same situation. We don't need these people's blood, for Christ's sake. This is the same situation as. Like, I mean, again, we're talking about Australian rules football versus NFL football, but NFL football is still the sport where Alex Smith had an injury that was classified in his rehab as an injury equivalent to someone doing combat in war. That's the level of injury that Alex Smith had. Like they, when he went to rehab, I watched the E60 piece. They were like, yeah, "Yeah, they classified his injury as like combat in war equivalent levels of injury. Like, this is still a sport where that can happen. 
<laughs> and if that Michael Thomas is playing a whole season with a that. broken leg, it's just insane. That man returned from that. Oh, yeah. And then oh, the what? first play, he got backpack sacked by Aaron Donald. And it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's fucking insane. Honestly. He came back and was literally the worst quarterback starter and backup in the NFL. I'm just like, for what? For who? Like for pride. Just... Yeah, and the NFL out here showing his family in the crowd crying and hugging each other, playing for a team that just had a gigantic scandal of combination of owner committing sexual assaults, racist coded language, misogynistic behavior from that led to a dozen employees getting fired as soon as the report came out. But we're going to glorify the Alex Smith story while he's getting backpack sacked by Aaron Donald. Like, it's just the culture part is insane. And these are like, obviously, the most egregious examples. But like Tua is an example that we can just sweep under the rug if it's uh, the starting center for the Miami Dolphins. But when it's Tua, we all know about it because we see him, you know, concussed walking off the field and we know his name. So like this, we're using the most egregious examples, but like this happens all over the place, known or unknown. Like, and I know that athletes are wired differently, and they like because because of this culture that is ingrained in them to come back from everything and to to get back to where they were. Like, I don't know if you remember after nine eleven, there was the Bali bombings a year mm-hmm. later. One of uh, one of the Australian, well, a few of the Australian rules footballers were over in Bali on their end of season trip, and one of them was really badly injured and suffered like burns to most of his body. He re like had to learn to walk again, talk like everything, everything like from like massive trauma burns. They thought he was going to die. Came back and played one game of football. Why? Just one. That was all he could do. Was play one game, mm-hmm. but he came back just to say he did. I don't know. These people are insane. Yeah, and that's what the culture dictates. It's not like oh, these people are glorious warriors. No, that's just what the culture dictates. And because football is not a life or death situation, we should change the way that that culture behaves. But it's such a cutthroat business, and you're competing for. I mean, I know it's a lot of money, but you're competing for so few resources that and the resources being roster spots shall we say you're competing for so few resources that uh people will do insane shit in order to one up each other and uh, again like this it's not something that's going to change overnight but the easy fix is just hire independent doctors have players association doctors and team doctors on staff for every game instead of just team doctors it's, it's one way to make that won't easy protect fix. themselves though. Yeah. It, like it's a, it's an easy fix that will solve a, a, not a not a lot of problems but it will gradually over time change the way god I feel like I'm talking about gun reform <laughs> in the in this conversation. But it would provide a system of checks and balances. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a it's a fix that is straightforward and we can see what the unintended consequences are of that situation and then act upon it from there. But it's an easy short-term fix right now with data that suggests you will see fewer mispractices or malpractice situations, fewer people doing greater damage to their body if you put in that check and balance of have player association hired doctors along with team doctors. Because right now, only the people who make the most money can go see independent specialists. And because of that, you could change the rule and it will improve. I mean, again, it's going to cost money, but again, you can spend the money that the NFL just dropped $6 billion on to build that new stadium. Like you could drop a little bit of that money to hire independent doctors on each of these 32 corporations and the players association can have their own independent. I mean, it's not independent, but you can have doctors who are looking out for the player's best interest and looking out for the team's best interest and see what those conflicts of opinion look like. Well, I think we've solved that problem. Yeah, we've solved that problem. Like I said, it sounds like I'm yelling about gun reform again. 
it's well, basically the same concept as a way to fix it. It's just it's a short, it's a small fix. It'll change the culture. It'll have unintended consequences. We'll act upon those unintended. Con- we'll we'll project what those will look like, and then we'll do our best to act upon the unintended consequences afterwards. Okay, I highly recommend gun reform. Do it. Yes, that's that's the other part. Everyone agrees on that one, or at least eighty percent of people, which is basically everyone, because eighty percent of people can't agree on whether ice cream is cold. So yeah, ba- basically everyone is cool. On well, that is one. water wet? We've done this before. We're in. We can't start doing reruns now, are we? I'm just asking Cause, a question. Because I'm going to say scientifically no, but also yes, water is wet. Even if scientifically, no, it is not. Maybe. (laughs) You know what? Maybe. Yeah. It's good as I've got. 